Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Ben Wurgle, BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals Network as well. Find him on Twitter at the Badger Nation. Now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So Ben, uh, at least Paul Chris said they're going to get this game in, correct? That's the thought. Um, certainly, the news over the last twenty-four to forty-eight hours would suggest that Wisconsin is going to be in a pinch if this game is played on Saturday, but. You know, Paul is very vague in what he told uh, the mass of local and national reporters that uh, kind of hijacked his Zoom call with a lot of hypotheticals yesterday. And, you know, it's just it's kind of the world that we live in now where it's just kind of day-to-day. They're trying to figure out um, if both Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf are going to be out for the Big Ten minimum 21 days of competition due to a positive COVID diagnosis. And, if Wisconsin is going to have enough healthy quarterbacks to compete on Saturday, that's kind of the the mode I think that Paul Chris is, is going through with him and his staff over the last 24 hours here. So have there been any false positives, or are they not saying? Well, they're not saying. Paul's not going to comment on anything that has to do with the testing procedures, uh, who has tested positive, who hasn't, if that player A has had a false positive or anything like that. They've been – very buttoned up about the topic uh, throughout the entire process. This isn't anything like they're just starting this week. Um, they haven't released any medical information of which who has and hasn't tested positive, citing uh, medical privacy laws. We do know from uh, reporting that Wisconsin has dealt with false positives uh, to this point uh, since they resumed uh, their fall camp. We don't know who. We don't know how many. So it's not completely set in stone that both these players are going to miss 21 days. But I will say that if one quarterback tested positive and now another quarterback has tested positive, the likelihood that both actually have coronavirus probably is pretty high. Um, I, uh, I guess the next question is, so give me your thoughts on the depth of this team at this point. I mean, you're not only talking about the possibility of others being infected, but then if you do play this game, and let's just say an injury occurs, you are really thin. Well, yeah, without question. I mean, you look at the quarterback room right now, and you already don't have Jack Cohn, who is recovering from foot surgery. That happened uh, earlier uh, this month, um, so he's not an option. Uh, you're not going to have if both these tests, these PCR tests from Mertz and Chase Wolf come back positive. They're out for 21 days, so they miss the next three games. So for the next three weeks where you face Nebraska on the road, Purdue at home, and then you have to go to Michigan, you're going to be down to your four-string quarterback. And then beyond that, you're going to have a walk-on who is just in his first couple months on campus. 
So not an ideal situation for this team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the positive tests start and end in the quarterback room. And if that's the case, then Wisconsin may be able to survive this and play some games. But then the also question, the other question is too: if an injury occurs, who is your uh, who's your emergency quarterback? You have a number of guys on this team that have played quarterback in high school, but there's a far different cry from playing quarterback in high school mm-hmm. than playing quarterback in the Big Ten. So all kind of remains to be seen, but it looks as of right now, uh, Kimberly, former Kimberly quarterback Danny Vandenboom might be in line to get the start, uh, his first career start on Saturday in Lincoln. Um, what is the timetable for the return of Mertz? Is it two weeks? So would he miss both the Nebraska Three. and the Purdue game? Three, Three. weeks? Three. So he would miss Big the Michigan Ten. game as well. Yeah, Big Ten has a very strict rule that if you test positive and the the more antigen PCR tests confirm that you have coronavirus, you have to miss 21 days from the time you test positive of a practice and games. So, um, you know, it's very different in other leagues. I think SEC is 14 days. I think the ACC, Big 12, and some other conferences are just 10. But the Big Ten is trying, as they saw with canceling of the season, uh, back in August, they're they're moving very very they're moving very cautiously with this. They're concerned about you know with, with the heart problems associated with uh, coronavirus in, in younger people. They're concerned about outbreaks. They want to be very very cautious because of what their timetable. Trying to get nine games in in nine weeks, they don't. They're trying to prevent these type of outbreaks from flaring back up. So Mertz and Chase Wolf, if positive, they will miss the next three weeks of games. And one could argue that's maybe the toughest three weeks on Wisconsin's schedule with those two road games this weekend and then in a couple weeks at Michigan. Um, and, and I just had this question that was posed to me on Twitter. Let's just say Graham Mertz it, you know, is positive and he's going to not be able to even come back until November 21st. That gives you a total of four games. Could, and, and this is from a guy asking a question, said to ask Ben, I'm not quite sure. Could they just say, let's keep him for another season and redshirt him again? There are no... Anyone who plays this year does not lose any eligibility. This is like a free year, according to the NCAA. So anyone who plays this year, this does not count against their eligibility clock. So even if Mertz plays every game, he will come back next year as a redshirt freshman. That goes the same with everybody. Um, That's what I thought. That rule was passed, uh, uh, I think, a couple couple months ago, maybe kind of mid-August, that this – this season for fall sports, I don't know about winter, I don't know about basketball. I think actually basketball this got passed too. Because of this, these seasons being affected by the virus, no, no one's going to be punished by losing a year of eligibility. What does this do like to recruiting then as well? I mean, if you're an incoming recruit, there's only going to be so much space if you want to keep a guy an extra year, if a guy wants to stay in college an extra year. Correct. I, I think it's going to be based on – uh, school decision as well. So just because it, it doesn't count with your eligibility doesn't mean that some programs aren't going to be able to fund that. I mean, we saw that with UW back when the spring sports, uh, you saw when the softball season, when track and field, um, all those other spring sports were canceled, and they were allowed those student athletes to come back for an extra year. UW said it's best that you start to move on you know, with your with your professional lives. So they were not going to honor that scholarship beyond, you know, the next season. That drew a little bit of flack, but it was a site it was say as a budgetary concern. You have to wonder if some schools and there has been schools in the Big Ten now, Iowa, Minnesota notably, that are starting to have to cut athletic programs. Now, 
if you're trying to bring back fall sports and say you have 20 scholarship football players, that's a lot of money you have to shell up for another year. And then you top that on to volleyball and hockey and, and basketball. Now, that's a lot of cash that these schools are being asked to fork over for their student-athletes for an additional year in a year where you're losing a lot of revenue because you don't have ticket sales, you don't have admissions, you don't have parking. It's a lot of revenue that you're losing. So it, it will be interesting to kind of see how schools approach that. I believe the NCAA is going to be a, a little bit more forgiving with that. Surprisingly, they have been forgiving with granting this extra year of eligibility. That's usually not the NCAA's stance. They're usually kind of, you know, Mr. Grinch with a magnifying glass trying to punish these schools inconsistently. But this will be a benefit to the student-athletes, and also it's up to the schools if they're willing to kind of extend those benefits to them. So let's talk about the game itself. Uh, what they did to Illinois, 45-7, to Graham Mertz just went off. Uh, we have not seen anything like this in a long, long time. Talk about his play. I have said, and, and just to the eyeball test, he just looks like a good quarterback. He's got a strong arm. What we saw was a good vision, decision-making. He had preciseness with the football. Uh, just you tell me what you saw. I saw a very special player that was very well coached into this game. If you watched early, they set him up almost for success with some of the, the play calls early on. They didn't really put a lot on his plate early. They kind of spoon-fed him some stuff, really attacked uh, the wire, uh, the running backs and the flats. Just easy passes, high percentage completions to kind of get him in a rhythm. And then you kind of saw the offense open up a little bit more. You saw him complete passes over the middle uh, to, to Jake Ferguson and Danny Davis. Just maybe expanded a little bit. So after completing passes early to kind of the first level of defense, you got to the second level. And then that throw to, to Davis at the end of the second quarter right before half where he just aired it out looked just so effortless. I mean, things look effortless to Graham. And to be fair, we haven't seen a lot of him over the course of the last year because uh, obviously there was no spring practices. Fall practices were close to the media. Uh, and we didn't see him during uh, the 2019 regular season. Uh, we only saw him in fall camp, and even then, you could you could see that he had the skill set. There's still a lot of things that need to be polished. Uh, obviously, the transition from high school to college is a big one. He had a lot to do because the offenses were a little bit different. How he had to take uh, snaps were a little bit different. His dropbacks, so you could just see him kind of polishing up those things last year. But just look, just made the position look easy. Um, very encouraging for Wisconsin to have a player like that in your arsenal. It'll be interesting to see next year, not to you know, look too far ahead, if Cohn does decide to come back, what Wisconsin is going to try to do with both Cohn and Mertz, who easily is the future of that position. But uh, Wisconsin has a really good one here. I mean, we knew that for a long time, but I think Friday really validated that this kid could be something special for the Badgers. Talking with uh, Ben Wargle uh, of Badger Nation here and uh, trying to kind of talk a little bit more about, or BadgerBlitz.com, I should say, and uh, Rivals Network. And uh, you can find him at the Badger Nation on Twitter. Jake Ferguson, obviously a big game. But was the, the passing game what you thought it would be? Is the talent there to be able to? Because I, th- I saw some downfield passes, which I really enjoyed. I saw, obviously, going to the tight end. I saw motion. I mean, I saw many different things. 
when you talk about the ability to get downfield, going to Danny Davis, going to Kendrick Pryor, going to Jake Ferguson, moving the ball all over the place. I liked what I saw, but is there any concerns or red flags when you talk about the passing game? I think there was more concerns week one with the running game. I thought the running game really kind of struggled to get into a flow and a rhythm early. Um, but I think from the passing game standpoint, you knew they had personnel there that could that could make this offense hum. I mean, Jake Ferguson has had two really solid years, and he came into this year pretty much knowing he was going to have to burden a lot. Um, losing a guy like Jonathan Taylor takes a lot. But you lose Quintez Cephas, too, Wisconsin's best downfield threat, and a pretty good slot receiver, too, in A.J. Taylor, that Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor both had shown some really good things in their career, but are coming up really down years in, in 2019, which was surprising considering the stability Wisconsin had at quarterback. So there was that little bit of unknown of what Wisconsin's going to be from a receiver standpoint. You knew what you're going to have in Ferguson. Ferguson had at least one catch in every game. I think he had three ca- at least three catches in six games last year. He was just that steady influence. Um, to get that kind of pop from Davis down the field, I think is going to be a huge boost for this team. Uh, to have that kind of threat, that's going to help open up the offense. Um, the concern, I think, for me is is what Wisconsin has at running back. Now, Garrett Groshek is a very good player, multidimensional, can run the ball, uh, can catch the ball in the backfield. I think that was encouraging. Nakia Watson is a more between-the-tackles kind of guy. I think the pressure that Illinois was able to kind of create in the interior really kind of bowled up the running game a little bit. I thought Isaac Garendo played a little too fast, too. Now, first game, obviously, there's it's a weird year. You don't put a ton of stock into it, per se, but Wisconsin should have been able to run the ball a little bit better against the Illinois team than average just under four yards per carry. They got a lot of that production late after Illinois kind of got worn down a little bit. But I think that kind of going forward is going to be the concern for Wisconsin because you don't have that real game-breaker anymore in the backfield with Taylor. You're going to have a three-man approach, you need to be able to figure out how to kind of maximize that that room to get some bear production. Ben, always good stuff. We appreciate it. We'll touch base again as the season moves on, okay? All right. Start warming up your arm, Bill. You may be needed on Saturday. Uh, you know what? Uh, my shoulders are shot, so I can receive. I just can't uh, can't throw, so <laughs> they're out we'll of luck there. The How's that sound? We'll get you the I wouldn't cat. mind that at all. At least I can run over a few people. I'd be happy to do that. Ben, talk to you, okay? Take care. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Ben Wurgel, BadgerBlitz.com, Rivals Network. Uh, you can find him there on Twitter at the Badger Nation at the Badger Nation. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. 85-plus. They've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 